This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Are you sick and tired of biased hockey talk? Then you have come to the right place. The Drop focuses on the St. Louis Blues, but we also delve into other news from around the NHL. So tell the ref you don't mind the game misconduct penalty. You are headed to the locker room anyway to listen to The Drop. Here's your host, Lance Descott. Welcome once more for another episode of The Drop Podcast. It is so nice to be able to start off on a positive note. I think everybody enjoyed the game against Toronto Saturday night. I think everybody agrees that by far that was the Blues' best complete game. They actually played very, very good for three periods. Toronto had some chances in the third, and the Blues knew they were going to get that push, but the Blues held them off. For a couple minutes, it looked like the Blues went into a defensive shutdown type of a mode, but they got out of that very quickly. They continued to have opportunities against Anderson, so it was back and forth in that third period, and the Blues come out with a big win. Moving to last night's game against the Winnipeg Jets. I think all of us thought at the beginning of the year, the Blues were one of the top three teams in the Western Conference, and most likely because of their centermen. They have three strong centermen and one pretty good centerman in Barbashev. And of course, there's Thomas that can come in too and play. So the Blues have one of the best center cores in the Western Conference. But going into the game against the Jets, for the most part, the Blues have not played like a team with three top centermen. Too many mistakes have cost them most games. Allowing teams to come back has cost them most games. Just not a good effort until Saturday night against Toronto. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not taking anything away from them for their win in Toronto. They deserved it. They played hard. We just hope that they can do that and start building on something and not go back to their same mistakes. They need to get off fast and quick against this Jets team and try to take a lead early in this game. Well, they exactly did that on a great, great stretch pass from Dunn to Perron to, of course, the newcomer, Ryan O'Reilly. And a long pass by Dunn. That's for Perron in the clear. Backhander. They score. O'Reilly. What a pass. And what a goal by Ryan O'Reilly. Holy jumping. What a pass that was. A stretch pass up the right side. And David Perron waited for as long as he could before feathering that puck behind the defenseman right to Ryan O'Reilly. Forehand, backhand, and up under the bar and in. And keep in mind, Ryan O'Reilly has got one of the more unique curves in all of hockey. It's basically flat until you get to the top and it's got this almost a broken tip of the blade but he's able to get to the back end and hoist it like he just did what a big start for the blues to go into winnipeg get that early lead take a little bit of the crowd out early ryan o'reilly gets his second goal of the year perron gets his fourth assist the youngster dunn gets his first assist one to nothing blues early early in the first period the defense was strong again in this first period They only allowed six shots in the first period. So between the Maple Leafs and the Jets, combined for the first periods in each game, 10 shots allowed by this defense. So you can't say enough about the way the Blues played defense in this first period. And really, can't say enough about their offense and their opportunities they got. The Blues would take a 2 to nothing lead on a goal by Colton Pareko, who gets his second of the year on what was a very weak shot, but it went off a Winnipeg Jets player and into the net. The Blues are up 
two to nothing. That would be great. Now Bozak two on one to the net, a shot, and a save by Hellebuck as he had Maroon busting down the left side. Tried to go five hole. Now Pareko shoots, he scores! Pareko right on the ice, into the net, and the Blues take a two nothing lead. That shot stunned everybody, including the goaltender, Hellebuck, who thinks he's got his stick in front. I believe that went just right between his leg, and Colton Pareko fires it on the net. You don't hit the net, it doesn't have a chance to go in, but this is stunning. Good play by Steen to try to play it behind his legs. Did it glance off the defenseman's stick? It might have, yes. And then it went short side. It did glance off the stick, so I thought it went straight in. But the goaltender tucks that left pad in, thinking it's to the middle of his body, and instead it goes inside the post. Not the most beautiful goal in the world, but it's a goal. Doesn't matter what it looks like, as long as it goes over that red line and it's in the net. You shoot the puck, good things happen. I know that's overplayed a lot, and people say it all the time. But it's true. If you shoot the puck and get it on net, you might get a fluke goal like that. You might get a guy in front of the net, get a rebound and put a goal in. But you've got to do something to try to spark more offense. And Colton Pareko just took a chance and put it on net, and he gets his second goal. That goal was at 10 minutes, 57 seconds in. The Blues are up on a very good Winnipeg Jets team. Now, you knew Winnipeg was going to put some pressure on Jake Allen. You knew they were going to pressure the Blues D, try to keep the puck in their offensive zone, and they were doing a decent job of that in the first period, but I thought the Blues did outplay them. However, what has caused this team to lose games in the last couple of years? Too many mistakes and too many bad penalties. With that being said, the Jets get a power play goal for Mark Shifley, 12 minutes, 7 seconds in, to make this a much closer game than it really should be at 2-1. to one. Wheeler, Ryan O'Reilly after him. O'Reilly blocks the pass, but then his pass is blocked by Shifley. Score! I agree. And you know what? You, the Jets really needed something to go their way. They needed a break. The puck wasn't settling for them early on this first power play and giving up the first two goals of the hockey game. They're grinding away. Nothing really too much open through the middle of the ice, but good body position by Shifley. I like the way he pinches out the defender, throws it to the middle of the ice. And Jade Bowmeister, like you mentioned earlier, after being a healthy scratch for the first time in his career, puck goes in off of his stick. He's trying to take away the pass. And it's a one goal hockey game. So a penalty taken leads to a goal, a fluke goal. Shifley just puts it in the front of the net, goes off Jay Bowmeister, skates. Bowmeister's not had a good year, not a good year at all. He was minus four, I believe, going into this game, but he's been much, much worse than that. This is by far his worst year. He has not played well in my mind for two and a half to three years. I loved him when he came to the Blues. He was fast, could handle the puck very well, didn't make a lot of mistakes, but last couple of years have not been good for Jay Bolmeister, and something has to be done because this goal gave life to the Winnipeg Jets. May not have showed up quickly, but it gave some life to them. That would be Shifley's third goal of the season, 12 minutes, seven seconds in, power play goal. The Blues outshot Winnipeg, get this guys, 18 to six in the first period. The Blues dominated the first period. Going into the second period, I just want the same type of play and cut down on the mistakes. Well, I thought the Blues played an awesome second period. Was it as dominating as the first period? No, I don't think so. 
the Blues would get a huge goal nine minutes and 30 seconds in on a power play by none other than the youngster Vince Dunn. I think very quietly Vince Dunn is having a very, very good year. And then back for Bozak. Down low to O'Reilly. In the circle to Maroon. Can't play. Rebound. They score. Vince Dunn in from the left point. A power play goal. And the Blues a 3-1 to lead. While the Blues want to get it to Patrick Maroon on the goal line, you can see O'Reilly gets it. Now he's going to go back to the bottom. Great right pad save by Connor Hellebuck on the first one. Great save with the rebounds there, and Vince Dunn reads this play beautifully. Poaching in from the point, and he's able to tap that home. No chance for Hellebuck there. And his third of the year. Good read, good instincts by Vince Dunn. Another great instance of a guy working hard behind the net or around the net in Patrick Maroon. Just a great goal, a great pass from O'Reilly to Maroon. You can't say enough about Pat Maroon, what he's brought to this team. He's brought a toughness. He's brought physical play back to the Blues in front of the net. Hard to get him out of there. He takes the initial shot. Dunn comes up, gets the rebound, and puts it right past Hellebuck to give the Blues a 3-1 to one lead. That was 9 minutes, 30 seconds into the second period. That was a power play goal, as I said. Dunn's third, Maroon gets his fifth assist, O'Reilly gets his seventh assist. As I said, the second period, I don't think the Blues dominated like they did in the first period, but it was a very good period for them. Winnipeg did outshoot them 10-7, to but that's not too bad, and I thought the Blues, out of their seven shots, probably had a couple more good opportunities than the Jets actually had in that period. Going into the third, we want this team to keep the pedal to the metal. They've got to do that. They've got to expect teams to push and push hard in the third period. Good teams are not going to be satisfied with being behind by a couple goals. They want to win. The Jets wanted to win, and man, did they come out flying. And the Blues couldn't match their intensity, and they tie it with two goals to make it 3-3 three to three early in the third period. Bufflin sends it back in behind the net. What a chance for Kopp and Jake Allen with a big stop. Sherratt holds this in. Sherratt scores! Sherratt told Sarulowski at the end of the second period. We have lots of time. We're only down by two. Well, then Sherratt's made it a one-goal game. Good job winning a race to the half wall to keep that puck alive. Puts doubt into the defenders of the Blues. They aren't able to get the clear. Sherratt takes it down low. Sherratt drives it. Rebound. Second goal of the game for Shifley. We are tied 3-3. Well, we talked about Shifley being kicked out of the face-off circle in the first half of this game. It was him that was 8 for 12 in the first 40 minutes of tonight. Another clean face-off win, an activation by Ben Sherratt. How good has he been tonight? On his toes, ready to start on that offensive zone face-off, and the rebound rightfully so goes right to the stick of Mark Shifley, who wins that face-off. And talked about the Jets' scoring production in the third period. 12 third-period goals coming into tonight, and they've got two here early in the third. Sherratt played very well in this game for the Jets. He had a very, very good game, especially in the third period. He starts the period out with a goal just a minute in, and the Jets are playing with confidence. That would be Sherratt's second goal of the year. Shifley, who also had a big game, that's his fourth assist, a minute in, and the Blues still had the lead at 3-2. to two. However, they were really losing momentum quickly. Third goal by the Jets, 
was by Mark Shifley, his second of the game, his fourth of the year. And, of course, that big move to the front of the net by Sherratt to have the rebound come right to him and put it past Jake Allen. We've got ourselves a game again. But not much longer after that, the Blues would come back and take a 4-3 to three lead on a big, big goal just about a minute and 18 seconds after Shifley's to kind of quiet the crowd down. The Blues are up 4-3. to three. Batted down in midair, made it look easy. Now stolen by O'Reilly. The late man Perron in on goal. He scores! David Perron off the goal post and in. And the Blues go back on top. An excellent counter there and some pinpoint perfect passing by that threesome right there. They have been sharp in this game. Sanford skating and supportability. O'Reilly and Perron. After Connor did a great job with his hand-eye coordination, but he couldn't get it in deep. And the Blues counter down. I know all the Blues fans out there were not feeling too good after the Jets tied it up. No excuses. This should have never, ever happened. But they showed some heart. David Perron comes back in with some hard work by Sanford and O'Reilly. Gets his fifth goal. Sanford's first assist. O'Reilly gets his eighth assist of the year. That goal was five minutes, 11 seconds into the third. And the Blues are feeling pretty good about themselves. Up four to three. But man, did Winnipeg outshoot the Blues. 17 to five. The whole defensive strength of the Blues in the first two periods went away in this third period. Plus, it seemed like the Justice had an extra step, and with just a minute 40 left, they would tie the game at 4-4 four to four on a goal by Brian Little. have tied the game at four with the net empty offensive zone faceoff. how important have those been another faceoff win from mark shifley you need bodies net front shoot it there and look for a fortuitous bounce. well you could say that's when brian little who has been spectacular in the last five games of this season is in the right place at the right time shot to the net through traffic rebound and we got a tie hockey game 140 remains such a heartbreaking goal to give up you go ahead three to one. You're dominating the first two periods. You allow the Jets to get back in the game, tie it at three to three. Looks like things are falling apart. But then David Perron comes in and we think saves us with that big goal to give them a four to three lead. But the Blues really never did anything after that. They didn't keep battling. They didn't outplay the Jets after Perron gave them that goal to take the lead. It was the same thing we'd seen. At the first part of the period, the Jets out playing the Blues. And yeah, they had an extra attacker, but they were just playing hard and got that goal through hard work and a bad bounce, basically. That would be Brian Little's third goal of the year. Buffling gets his fourth assist. Wheeler gets his fifth assist of the year. And as they said, with a minute 40 left, 18 minutes, 20 seconds in, this game is tied at four each. The Blues are 0-2 in overtime so far this year. They really need to make a statement and show that they can come back from adversity and from making mistakes. Would they do that? No, they didn't do that. The Jets would still be playing hard in the OT, and Jacob Truba gets his first goal of the year, 2 minutes 54 seconds in, to give the Jets a 5-4 to win over the Blues. Truba in on the forecheck. Gets it for Shifley. Shifley takes it behind the Blues net. In for Carter. Truba scores! A three-assist game against Arizona. Gets his first goal of the year. 
and it's an overtime winner as the Jets come back from 3-1 to win it 5-4. There's a rebound after Jake Allen makes a big safe rebound, and because Truba's on the body, stick on puck, body on body, the Jets get the puck back through relentless work. Nice job by Shifley changing sides, and a shot, a rebound, and how about that for a big overtime game-winning goal? So disappointing to see this effort after the first two periods and after the game in Toronto. This third period effort, some people will say, well, the Jets just played hard. The Blues didn't play bad. No, the Blues played bad in that third period. They played 40 good minutes, 20 great minutes, and then about another 20 very good minutes in the second period. A great game in the first two periods for the Blues. But those mistakes start showing up in the third. And you can't make up for those type of mistakes. That goal by Truba, as I said, would be his first of the year. Connor gets his fourth assist. Shifley has another big night for them. Gets his fifth assist. Two minutes, 54 seconds into OT. The Blues lose this one five to four. Before we get into the post-game interviews, let's go ahead and go over the stats of the game. Shots on goal pretty even. 34 for the Blues, 36 for the Jets. The Jets dominated in the third period. 52% for the face-offs for the Blues. Jets get 48%. Power plays, the Blues were 1 for 4. The Jets were 1 for 5. Penalty minutes, the Jets 21, the Blues 12. Hits, the Blues had 21, the Jets 25. I thought the Jets were more physical in the third period, definitely. Blocks, the Blues had 15. The Jets had 10. And each team had 12 giveaways. Let's get to the post-game interviews where we're going to hear from Jake Allen. Then we're also going to hear from Pat Maroon. And, of course, we'll end the interview session with Mike Yo. I think we're scared to lose games right now. We know that each point's crucial, and we're playing in the third period like we're scared to lose a game. And, you know, if you lose, you lose, but we got to go down swinging. I think we're just giving teams opportunities, and a team so, as good as Winnipeg, you, you know, uh, if we give them chances, they're going to bury them. So, um, you know, that this loss is on us. It seemed like uh, you guys really – were on your heels to start the third. I mean, did you see it that way? I mean, yeah, we were the whole third period. You know, they pushed hard. We knew they were going to come with a push. They're a really good hockey team, and um, you know, we set back and they took advantage. And it was it was our in our own fate, and we ended up losing the game. On you know, it was it was up to us. You know, they didn't beat us; we beat ourselves. So much more, you'd say, a point, a loss than a point oh, game. Hundred percent. That's a huge point, divisional point. You know. Uh, that should have been two points. When you get to overtime, is it pretty much a crapshoot? You know, kind of chances for both sides. Yeah, it's the way she goes. You know, uh, you know, three in a row is tough to take. You know, we, we hope we would have got one out of there, but um, you know, it's it game. To be honest, probably shouldn't have got to overtime. That five-minute major that you had that could have been a chance to put away the game when you. Yeah, you know, it's uh, you know, it was a good opportunity for us to gain some momentum. You know, gain some steam heading into the third and. Um, you know, I thought our power play looked really good tonight. You know, we created some chances and zipped the puck around nicely. And, you know, and, and we never really created too many opportunities for ourselves in the third. But up until that point, it was uh, it was clicking pretty well. Did the team, uh, you know, you talk about the third period. Did the team tire at all? It's the third game of a long road trip. Shouldn't be tired tonight. You know, divisional game. It's a great hockey team and a fun building. 3-1 um, league. We should be chomping at the bit. It's, you couldn't ask for a better position to be in. You know, we let it slip. Oh, yeah. I thought we had two really solid periods. Played in a tough barn and a really good hockey team, and we let it slip away tonight. Can't happen. 
Mike had mentioned to us that you guys had to stay out of the box against these guys. You, you, you know, you had five or six uh, uh, penalties. Is, was it just lack of discipline, would you say? Or? Well, yeah, but third period has to be better. One couple lines were doing it, getting in, going to work, and then we start turning it over, and then things start to get a start roaming in the D zone, and they throw pucks in that, and uh, they get bounces. Uh, we talked about it before the game about them throwing pucks in that and just trying to push them out of the way, and they scored two, three, well, three goals like that. So um, just got to go back home. We have a long home stint here and find ways to uh, make it hard for teams to come in St. Louis and uh, try to win some hockey games here. Uh, we can't really focus. The good thing is we did get a point. The bad thing is we got to find ways to uh, not let these slip away anymore. Did, uh, does this take negate the, the gains you made against Toronto or can, can you take something out of this game? Well, yeah. I mean, I thought we had solid two good periods. I thought we were all over them. I mean, they had six shots on that after the first. I mean, we had everything going for us, all the momentum, and then something happened. I don't know what stopped, but um, we let it we let it fall behind. But you know, we can't really focus on that. We got to focus on what we have to do for uh, Thursday. We got to find ways to nip this in the butt and uh, get back to work. Well, it's disappointing. Uh, you look at this road trip, and and first of all, we we gave away two. You know maybe three points and should be going back home feeling really good about our game tonight through 40 minutes i thought we were excellent and then uh, come out in the third period and obviously they have a push you know they're gonna have a push uh, tough when you don't get through the first shift without giving up a goal against and then it seemed like we didn't have the poise to execute after that uh, a lot of icings and uh, a lot of plays where we're not we're not sharp and it comes back on us jake uh, told us a couple minutes earlier that he thinks the team might be it's a little afraid to play in games like this right now. Well, you know, it's not. It's, then we have to get a little bit stronger than that. Um, you know, I, again, I don't. I don't think in those situations we can allow that to to be a factor. We've we've got veteran players on our team. We've got guys that have played in crucial playoff games, uh, played in overtimes of game sevens. Uh, you know, just we got to calm down and execute and bear down and, and do the things, focus on the little things that are supposed to be done. That's what we did through 40 minutes, and then it's like all of a sudden the game gets on the line and, uh, and we stop doing it. You met, you, right here this morning you told us that you, you guys had to stay out of the box and I think you had six penalties. Yeah, uh, way, way too many stick infractions. Uh, you know, we have to cut down on that, obviously. Is that one of the better games that you've seen uh, Vince Dunn play so far this year? Dunn has played a... Uh, I would say a few really good ones for us right now. So that was certainly up there. He's he's playing confident and uh, he's well prepared going in every game mentally right now. That five minute major that they had, uh, though Vince has that penalty. That's probably this couldn't have been something you, you wanted right there. Well, right? obviously that's that's a moment in the game that uh, maybe if we can grab one there, who knows? But but again, we 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 won the first period, we won the second period, and uh, and we lost the third period badly, and we lost the hockey game. We just didn't finish it off. Was that as quick as you guys have looked at the start, the first 20 minutes? Yeah, I thought, you know, there was, there was a lot of things that, uh, you know, we said it this morning is, is when, we get, when we get strong here, then our game will look the same regardless if we're playing Toronto and Winnipeg. I thought that this game looked very similar to our last game for, for two periods, and then obviously it took a very different approach in the third. Do, do you think the team got tired in the third? I don't, no, I don't think that that was a factor. I, I think that, you know, 
it's every time you have to understand momentum and you have to understand that every time you're out there you have a chance to to set things right and um you know, again, too many shifts. There was one bad shift followed by another bad shift. And uh, at that point, we need somebody to calm it down, settle it down, make a play. Uh, we had a couple of those. I mean, obviously, they scored to tie it up. And I thought that the guys did a really good job. We rebounded. We responded. Uh, we scored a goal. Um, we didn't play the six on five the way that we're supposed to play it. We're way too passive. Um, and we don't want to allow a team like that to play in a situation where they got time to make those plays. I love Jake Allen's honesty. A lot of people don't like Jake Allen, but I'm going to tell you one thing. Jake Allen takes responsibility for when he plays bad, he knows his team didn't play well. And then Pat Maroon comes in and he's pretty honest too. The one thing I don't understand and I will never understand about a lot of media. And that is the guys asking the interview questions after the game. They've been in St. Louis for a long time you would think they would have the ability to ask tough questions. But they ask softball questions, the same ones night in and night out, that get the same answers. Why not come right out and say to Coach Mike, Jay Bowmeister's having a bad year. What do you think of the way Jay Bowmeister has played? But they won't do that because they know that they won't like that question. Somebody needs to come to Coach Mike and say, why do you think Jay Bowmeister is having a bad year? Is he still hurt? Is he still not recovered from his injury? But they won't do that. They won't ask the tough questions. And I, I just get sick of it time and time again. They won't push Coach Mike and say, hey, how does a team full of veterans keep making the same mistakes time and time again? Is it the scheme? They won't ask the questions that need to be asked. They ask softball questions. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'll ask the questions. Why is Jay Bowmeister getting over 20 minutes a game when he continues to make the same mistakes, when he cannot skate out of his end? Watch him skate around the back of the goal. Watch him with the puck when he's trying to bring the puck out. Watch his stride. He can't skate anymore. Something is wrong with him, and I think it's just old age. And this team's mistakes are not all Jay Bowmeister's fault. There's plenty of guys making mistakes that aren't named Jay Bowmeister. But Jay Bowmeister has made several mistakes that have cost the team games. And you can't make those type of mistakes. What's going to happen with this team? Are we going to see an inconsistent effort? Something needs to be done with this team. And in all honesty, I think it may be some of the players. But I think the coaching staff needs to look themselves in the face and say, why aren't we motivating this team to play a solid 60 minutes? You don't have to play a great 60 minutes, but if you play a solid defensive game and you play offensively where you take advantage of the other team's mistakes, you're going to win a ton of games. This team's not doing that. I don't expect this team to have 115 points in a season. But I think this team, talent-wise, is better than last year's team. The common denominator is Coach Mike. I'm not asking for him to be fired right now like some people are, like I said in the last podcast. I'm just asking for Coach Mike to come in and say, I've got to do better. I have to do better. Not we. You need to take responsibility for some of this on your own. Confidence needs to come from all around.
the coaches and the players. Some players are playing great. I thought the team as a whole Saturday played awesome. Tonight, the whole team played very, very well in the first two periods, besides a certain person that I've already went into that I'm not going to go into anymore. Third period, I just think the team just fell apart and lost confidence. Will this change soon? I don't know. But uh, this team, if they keep playing like this, in the first 20 games, they could go 4-12-4. That's not out of bounds right now with the way they're playing. If they play like they did against Toronto Saturday night, the first 20 games, they could turn it around and win 12-13 games. But right now, they're not playing like that. They just are not playing like a team that has confidence. They're playing like a team when they have a lead, like Jake says, that tries not to lose instead of trying to win. Something has to change. Hopefully it does. Otherwise, we're in for a long, long season, guys. But let's try to stay positive and hope they can learn from their first two periods tonight and learn from their big win in Toronto. It's getting old saying stuff like that. That's the only positive I can see is they've had some good periods, but they need to put it together. I want to thank everybody for joining me for this episode of the Drop Podcast. Until next time, stay healthy, stay happy, and of course, let's go Blues. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Drop Podcast. To get more of the Drop, check out our website at droppodcast.com. You can also find us on Google Play, iTunes, and the iHeartRadio app. You can follow us on Instagram at the.drop.podcast or on Twitter at Drop Hockey Show. You can email the Drop Podcast or host Lance DeScott at lanced at droppodcast.com. To find out more about Lineup Media, go to lineupmedia.fm. Until next time, let's go Blues! This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.